The reading this week is from Mark chapter 6, verse 45 to 52. Jesus walks on the water. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Here ends the reading. Church, today's famous story of Jesus walking on water, calmly striding out across the Sea of Galilee, coming to the aid of his disciples, is a famous story. It's one that many people, of course, dismiss as a fairy tale. But to others of us, of course, it is proof of Jesus' divinity, proof of his complete mastery over even the laws of nature. But this morning, in the midst of this lockdown, church, I want us to allow this story to challenge us. I want us to use it as a stepping off point in asking how our faith stands up to the the battering of the storms of life. I want us to use it as a stepping off point in considering what role our faith plays in our lives when it seems as though our life is going nowhere despite our best efforts. Despite our best efforts to make progress and straining at the oars to move forward, uh, when we're battling against the headwinds of life and going nowhere, What do we do at that point? How do we interpret that? You see, this episode asks us to consider the strength of our faith in Jesus when we are under the pump, when we're on the verge of panic, when our little boat is struggling on the seas of life and we're worried that the ship might in fact go down. How does our faith really stack up? It's been said that faith isn't really faith until it's all you've got left to hold on to. It's easy to profess to be a Christian when things are going well. What about when the chips are really down, when we're tempted to bail out on Jesus as so many people have done over the years? This little episode asks, does the lesson of the loaves and the fish work out on the water? Will God provide for us even in the storm? Even when it's hard? Will he provide even if our anxiety returns? If I never get married, if I never have kids, or or what if I don't get that job or make enough money or or the kids can't buy a house? Will Jesus provide even then? Will he give me what I need? These are the questions that spring from today's reading. The setting is that this episode comes hot on the heels of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with only five small loaves and two small fish, as we heard last week. It flows straight on from there. Jesus dismisses the crowds and he tells his disciples uh, to get into a boat and to go on ahead of him and to sail across the Sea of Galilee over to the other side. But Jesus himself heads up a mountain to spend a night in solitude and in prayer. Now, the next thing we know is that the poor disciples out on the Sea of Galilee are really struggling. A strong wind has whipped up and we are told that they're straining at the oars. A wonderful image, they're straining at the oars. In all probability, this is probably an an easterly wind known to the locals as the shakia, 
or the shark. It's the ancient version of Jaws and often the end result could be just as deadly. I'm sure you know the feeling. You're putting in some huge amount of effort, but you're getting nowhere. You're struggling. You're struggling to make any headway against the headwinds of life. It seems as though all hell is breaking loose and Jesus, well, he's just nowhere to be seen. When I was examining this story this week again, it struck me that the difficulty that the disciples are experiencing at this point was not as a result of any disobedience or of any foolish decisions that they'd made. On the contrary, they were simply doing what Jesus had told them to do. Another really important aspect of this story, I think, that I, I want us to see very clearly here is that although Jesus does come to the rescue in the midst of the storm, he, he doesn't come quickly. He doesn't come straight away. The timing of the story is relatively clear here. In verse 48, Jesus sees the disciples out on the lake struggling. But it says it's not until just before dawn that Jesus comes out to them. It seems that the boat is battered by the wind for most of the night before Jesus arrives on the scene. So, I think the first thing we can learn from this story is that Jesus never promises to spare us from trials or from troubles in life. Quite the opposite, in fact. In John chapter 16, he says, in this life you will have trouble. He warns us that we can expect tough times and difficulties that, that threaten to overwhelm us and, and sink us as a result of following him. And often it seems as though Jesus takes an age to come, doesn't it? But think about it, if Jesus is in the business of building a resilient bunch of disciples, then we should know that he allows these struggles to come our way in order to strengthen us. If Jesus is in the business of building a church that is resilient enough to stand firm in the face of danger, then we should know that he's not simply going to achieve that by just bailing us out the moment we run into a bit of a headwind, is he? Now, as someone who has a sort of personality, who, who likes things to be in their place, working efficiently and, and predictably, I, I'm also challenged by the disciples' reaction in this story when Jesus finally does make an appearance. You see, their first reaction is terror. Their first reaction is that his arrival is more terrifying than his apparent absence had been. Jesus comes to them, we're told, walking on the wild waves, and the disciples are terrified. They cry out, it, it's a ghost. Maybe we sometimes do the same thing. We, we want help, but we want it on our terms. God turns up in some scary, unpredicted, unwieldy, wild way, and, and we fight against him in our desire to have things nice and and controlled and, and, and calm. It reminds me of an old preacher's joke you might have heard before about a guy stranded on the roof of his house. Uh, a big bloke in his four-wheel drive comes along to save him. Jump in, man, jump in, come on. He says, no, no, I'm a Christian. Uh, God will save me and he refuses help. 
The floodwaters continues to rise and the SES come along in a boat this time. His, his street is now a river. Jump in, they say. We'll save you. Jump in. No, 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 he says. I'm a follower of Jesus. God will save me. Finally, the floodwaters continue to rise right into the peak of his house. He's standing on the peak of his house. The, S the helicopter comes in. The Westpac rescue helicopter says, jump on, jump on. We'll save you. No, no, no. He waves them away. God will save me. The floodwaters continue to rise and the man dies. He gets to heaven and is a little bit peeved with God. He says, what's the story, Lord? I trusted in you to save me and I died. And God responds to him, well, I sent a four-wheel drive, a boat and a helicopter. What more do you want? I fear sometimes we in the church domesticate God, don't we? We want help to come from God in nice, comfortable, familiar, predictable ways that soothe us and calm us, not in ways that confront or challenge us. We want God to come and we don't want him to come and upset things, do we? We don't want God to come and confront us with new realities or disturb all of our nicely stowed preconceptions of where he is and how he acts. We want God to remain safely in heaven and just sort of pull a few strings for us here and there every now and again to, to sort things out for us on, on our terms. But as we see here, Jesus comes to us in unexpected ways. He strides out, strides out through the wild stormy sea and, and calls out to the disciples, Take heart, it is I. Don't be afraid. Now Jesus' words here, it is I, directly echo God's revelation of himself to Moses back in Exodus chapter 3, the famous burning bush episode when God reveals his name as I am. Can you see how this is a this is a, a bold claim, a really bold claim from Jesus to his divinity here. Harking back to Moses and the burning bush and I am. It's Jesus coming to the disciples and saying, fear not, it is I, I am the Lord your God. And only then did it become clear to the disciples that their long night of straining at the oars had a purpose. That is, this was their opportunity for Jesus to display his compassion and power for the benefit of his disciples and an opportunity for them to worship him more fully. At this point, Jesus climbs into the boat and the wind dies down. Well, of course, the disciples are amazed as they still hadn't really got their head around the miracle of the loaves and the fishes, we're told, let alone Jesus walking on the water, for it says their hearts were hardened. Understandably, their minds had been blown, but they now see Jesus in a whole new, glorious, more worshipful light. So church, as we look for a, a few takeaways from this story, let's always be on the lookout to see Jesus moving among us in new and unexpected ways. I think this story is particularly relevant for us in this bizarre time of lockdown when it seems as though we're struggling to make any headway as a church and it's hard to see how God might be present through it all. And when we emerge out of lockdown, can I challenge us to be on the lookout for new possibilities, new ways of seeing Jesus at work? Friends, let's never had it said of church in the marketplace that we have hard hearts. Let's not have it said of us that that we were afraid when Jesus actually turned up. Let's not have it said of us that our, our faith gave out when, 
when we face some sort of headwinds, when we seem to be not be making any headway that we just bailed out and, and gave up. Let's not balk at having to strain at the oars for a period of time. Jesus will come when we have learned what we need to learn and been shaped by what we need to be shaped by in the experience of the storm together. Only then will he appear and bring us safely to the shore of our promised land. So friends, can I invite you to keep straining on those oars? Know that Jesus is sovereign over all of our circumstances. Despite the chaos around us, he is in control. And not only that, he uses our struggles in our lives to grow us, that we might that we might grow in our faith, that we might be strengthened, become more, more buffed, as it were, spiritually. Let's know that deep down in our being that Jesus also strode out into the face of that ultimate storm of the cross for us. And know that if he didn't, he didn't abandon us in the midst of that terrible storm, what makes you think that he will abandon you in the much smaller storms that you're experiencing right now? And know that one day, of course, he will return and, all, and end all storms, come all storms for all of eternity. And in the meantime, know that while Jesus now dwells in heaven, he's also imminently with us through his Holy Spirit. He's always with us, always in control. I'll leave you with a quote from the great Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, who once said that Christian facing life's challenges can know that the storm has a bit in its mouth, he said. The storm has a bit in its mouth, like a wild horse being controlled by God. And that God holds it, he reins it in. And that nothing can hurt them. Nothing can happen to them but what God permits. So when we're straining at the oars, know that Jesus literally crosses the sea to be with us in our little boat. We will not be lost. Though we strain at the oars, if we but trust in him, Remain in Him. Remain faithful. He will take us safely to God's eternal shore. Amen.